0: On today's episode, I've asked Rebecca Wolford, our Director of Organizational Development here at Paylocity, to join me to talk about talent management strategy. Rebecca, thanks for jumping on. Happy to. So I'm really excited about this topic. It's something that actually you and I have worked a lot on together. So just to tee up our conversation, what is a talent management strategy?
1: Well, um, when I think about talent management, it really is the all of the HR processes that are geared to attract, develop, engage, and retain high-performing employees. What's also involved in it is really is creating a work environment where people can bring their whole selves to work, uh, feel they belong, and that they're respected, and that their voice is heard and considered. So really, the the purpose of talent management is to improve business performance. So what what a strategy is, is really what is your plan of action to actually enable employee performance so that we can improve business performance.
0: So when you've thought about creating talent management strategies, how did you go about it? Like what was your go-to steps for creating it?
1: You first have to begin with what the business is trying to accomplish. So what is the business's, or, you know, or whether you are serving a, a, a specific overall company or whether you as an HR partner, you're serving a, specific department what are their goals for the year um, so what are their goals what are their strategies what are the metrics by which they determine the health of the business right so really being able to understand what makes a business tick when is it working well when is it not right and what is it what is its key priorities going forward and those priorities are really the fodder for you determining what your what your strategy is and what the priorities in that strategy is Right. So let's say, hypothetically, one of the business strategies is, you know, we want to be able to create a new product. Right. So, um, you know, if you want to get a whole new product off the ground, that might involve, wow, we need to hire more people. We need to onboard more people. Um, So your strategy is going to be heavily focused probably on the attraction of talent and development of talent to be able to serve that new that new line of business.
0: How have you worked with stakeholders to uncover that? So, for example, you might have, you know, an an overarching company goal, but it could look very different on how it gets activated in each department. So what has been your strategy to really get at the source of what, you know, your stakeholders are looking at your business leaders as you've provided, you know, um, support in the talent management space?
1: Yeah, I think it, it begins, you do have to build relationships with your with your leaders, right? So um, let's say if you're serving a marketing department, you know, that's, if that's one of your, your groups that you'll want to be having in-depth conversations with the leader of that department and they the leaders that report to them to understand, you know, what do, what do they want to accomplish in the next year or more? I know you uh, used to be in Business Horizon that people are doing three or three and five-year plans. I do not see that happen at all. You're lucky if you be able to get one-year plan. Okay? <laughs> um, and even that sometimes is a struggle, right? So, and, and there are some businesses that are allergic to actually even putting business goals and KPIs on paper, right? Um, so when you don't have that, you really have to rely on conversations with your leaders, right? So being able to sit down, with the leaders to, to ask them, hey, you know, what are your key areas of focus for the year, right? What's what's keeping you up at night? Where are the pain points? Where are some opportunities? Um, sometimes actually, what what is a really great exercise to work with leaders, especially if maybe they don't have goals on paper and they really don't wanna put goals on paper um, is a SWOT exercise, right? So being able to maybe get together all of your leaders in a room um, understand, be able to plot out, if you can, you know what are uh, the strengths of the department, the weaknesses of the department, you know, and all that is, you know, within the department. But then the opportunities and threats, right? And then that can, by doing that kind of exercise, that you can be able to tease out what are some of the priorities then that we want to work on this year, right? You know, if you, if you have a business that doesn't want to lot of do the, the due diligence of having, you know, a fabulous plan, right? Um, which, unfortunately, I've had that experience quite a bit <laughs> in my career and working at smaller companies and larger companies, you know, so being able to do that kind of analysis if you can. Uh, being able to have, you know, if the group doesn't want to do that, being able to have one on one conversations to have, have a, just a similar kind of conversation, whether the strengths of your group, where are the weaknesses? What are you really trying to accomplish over the next year? You know, when it comes to talent, kind of think about it from the business perspective first and then layer in the talent, right? So if you think about this is what you're trying to accomplish with your business. So let's say if you're working, you know, with a, you know, switching maybe a department of sales department, The sales department says, hey, we really want to try to focus on organic growth versus, you know, new acquisition this year, then that's going to actually influence you know, the types of roles that you're going to be focusing on, right? You know, you may be looking more at those versus the hunter role, which is going out and getting new business. You're going to be focusing more on the farmer role. Um, So A, do we have the right role specced out to be able to support the farmer role? Do we have the right people in those roles that have the competency to do that kind of work? And if we don't, do we need to hire more? Do we need to transition some of those? Or do we need to train them up or a combination of the three?
0: So if you've looked at, you know, bringing this to life, what does implementation of this look like? And I, and I guess what I'm trying to get at is, yeah. you know, once you've you've had the meetings with the stakeholders, you've got a good understanding of, you know, what the business needs are, either at the org level or, at, you know, maybe a department level. What are the levers that you're going to start to pull to show this coming to life from an implementation perspective?
1: Well, first, you want to know where the pain is first, right? You know, if, if people are like, hey, we don't have enough people to do the job, then you're probably going to be focusing quite a bit on the attracting lever, right? Um, so when you think about the talent management model, I think about it as, um, you know, there's a couple different ways to do it. But basically, you're attracting talent, you're developing talent, you are um, engaging talent, and ideally, you're retaining them, right? So if if your issue is, again, I just don't have enough people to do the work, then you have to see like, so what is the time horizon for when that work needs to get done, right? You know, do you have the amount of time to be able to attract and hire talent? Might you have to actually get temporary talent (laughs) because maybe the work is maybe more of a blip and not like a long-term ad. So you might have to get temporary talent or maybe you even have to think about, you know, wow, we might need to farm this out to an actual business to do the work, right? So I think it's looking at, you know, you have to look at the urgency of what's happening and then being able to focus specifically on you know, which of those areas of the talent management model is really kind of where your pain is, right? Because um, you can't, it, developing and retaining and engaging people doesn't matter if you don't have people to develop, engage, and retain, <laughs> right? So you gotta get the people in there. Um, and especially right now, I mean, there, there's all these things in the, in, in, pe- people are looking for jobs. You know, it's really interesting about, you know, with COVID, I mean, people, you know, I think we definitely saw people le- le- less quitting. Um, I mean, some people maybe had to quit because they had to take care of their kids because couldn't, they couldn't find daycare. Um, of course, people were also let go because of business downturn. But now that, you know, things are opening up, you know, people people who maybe would have quit last year are gonna probably be looking for jobs this year, right? Especially worth companies who did have to tighten their belts and maybe weren't able to do merit increases or or that type of thing. Um, And even outside of that, maybe people were just kind of you know, unhappy with their jobs or realizing that with COVID, like, wow, I, life is short. I'm going to reflect a little bit more on what's really more important to me in my day to day. So maybe finding a job that better suits where I'm at and what my needs are is, is, is important. So I think what a lot of companies will probably need to do right now is definitely focus a lot on attracting because uh, attracting and retention, right? Because if people start quitting, how do we how do we stem off people from resigning? Um, so that goes into what what are those going to be those levers to press to to keep people from resigning? So how you figure that out is not only talking to leaders about you know what they think their employees need, but also talking to the employees directly via things like engagement or pulse surveys, also you know also some deeper focus groups or roundtables to really understand you know, what it is about the company that people like, but also what is it that, you know, may make them leave, right? Especially, you know, I think now, again, with the threat of people leaving jobs, to be able to double down on your high performers and making sure that you are having you as an HR business partner or and or the leaders are having conversations with these individuals to understand, you know, what is it that... Um, you know, what, what is their satisfaction in their job? What is going to make their job brighter? Uh, what are the things that make their do- job darker? <laughs> How do we try to remove those things or at least help them manage those things? Right. And so that we might, so you may have to look at, you know, what, what is a, a plan they need to put in place to be able to engage and retain these top performers. So that, it, that could include comp, you know, that could include more recognition that could also include, you know, a, a big push on career pathing, right, and career development to ensure that people feel that they have a future here, that they feel that they're being grown and developed and they're feeling the love. So um, being able to, again, focus on retaining your, your your key employees, your high performers, but then also start revving up for the fact that there are going to be people, no matter what you do, who, who may be looking for another gig. Um, so what are you going to be doing to be able to make sure that you have the recruiters in place, that they have a great story to tell candidates about your company, that you have a strong employee value proposition with which attract those candidates, and um, that you're able to, it's not only about getting candidates, but also getting the right candidates that are going to really be a cultural contribution to your business right so when you're hiring candidates making sure that not only do they have the knowledge and skills needed to do the role but also that you know they they are they resonate with the values that you have for your organization
0: i like that you mentioned gathering data you know i think we've talked about this before in the podcast but so often in hr i think we present things fully baked so i would say as you're working through a talent management strategy Make sure that you're vetting this, like you're having those casual meetings with stakeholders and asking them like, hey, does this, does this feel right? Is there something missing? Um, You know, we talked a little bit about this, you know, earlier, Rebecca, but how does this translate to, let's say, an HR department of one? Because I I do think there's value there. I think everybody should have a talent management strategy. How do you see this playing out in small organizations? with an HR department of
1: one, I mean, sometimes you're like, I need to hire people and I need to make sure they're paid. <laughs> right. <laughs> and also I got to make sure we don't get, you know, we're in compliant, Right. So sometimes those are the, you know, the really the kind of the key things that an HR person can do. So if you are a, a talent group of one, what can you be doing to get the managers doing more of the work? right? And, and they should be doing this anyway, let's be honest, right? But be being able to find out what are ways that I can ensure that the managers are um, being able to have rich conver- rich conversations with employees, so that you're, A, teach them how to do that, or honestly, if you do have a little bit of money, get a resource, Get you know, there's plenty of resources out there, like consultants and training companies that can help you, but being able to um, arm your managers with, you know, how can I have rich conversations with employees about their career, um, ask, you know, asking your managers to come up with, if possible, career paths in your organization, even if they're small, you know, everybody who joins a company, they want to see that there's some kind of next step for them. And that next step might not always be. Hey, you know, I'm an account manager. I want to be a senior account manager. It might be I'm an account manager now, but maybe I want to go into finance at some point. And I think we're going to see a lot of people more interested in making potentially more lateral moves uh, versus always just moving up the chain, right? So being able to uh, work with managers to give them some kind of scalable framework so that they can be creating opportunities within functions, as it makes sense, but then also being able to help managers understand what does it take to move people from one function to the next, right? Um, That's one of the things that we're looking to do here at Paylocity. You know, we hear definitely from some of our folks in um, at least one or two of our departments, like, hey, you know, I want to know what it takes to get into product and tech, right? Or, hey, I want to know what it takes to get into HR, right? So, we want to ensure that, you know, what, what can be things that we can be doing to understand more about who that talent is, and then what their, what their skills are, and then being able to chart a path for them to hopefully, again, the business opportunity has to be there. But ultimately, when that business opportunity arises, that we're able to slot that person into that business opportunity, rather than having to hire somebody off the street, right? Because you can't, you're, you're never going to find somebody off the street that has the knowledge of your business as you do your internal people, right? So if you can get people who are really interested in uh, being able to flex and, work on different pieces of your business then that that person becomes invaluable because they they have in their head just so many different perspectives right and you know and also they're feeling engaged and taken care of because the organization has gone the extra mile in terms of being able to help support their you know support their curiosity and to support their career growth
0: you know one of the things that I did early on in my career in a new role is I would spend time reading job descriptions. And I know that sounds like the world's most boring piece of advice ever, but um, it really centered me in the business and in what certain roles were expecting from a skills perspective. And then when I came to the table about talent management strategy, it was a much easier conversation because I brought with it the knowledge of the roles, you know, for those listening, Rebecca, what are real tactical, I don't know, five, six, seven steps to get them started down this path. I think you know you hit on something really important, Sherry, is that one, the foundation of of
1: pretty much everything in talent management is you have to have a clear roles, you know. So so what is your business trying to accomplish, right? What are the roles that you need in the business to help support those goals to be achieved? And then what does success look like in those roles, right? Because anything that you do around attracting talent, develop and especially attracting talent talent and developing talent is going to be based on clarity of what the different roles are and what success looks like, and also what it takes to get into another role, whether it's, you know, promotion, uh, you know, inline promotion, or whether it's moving to another function. So um, I would, you, you can't spend enough time working with your leaders to ensure that, you know, A, are the jobs spec correctly, and B, you know, when it comes to, so you, t- you think about attracting, right, and developing, have we clarified what these jobs are about, and are we realistic in terms of the knowledge, skills, and experience needed to do those jobs, right? I think what's going to happen, especially if we're going to be getting into potentially a war for talent, is that we have to be very mindful of what we're asking for in job descriptions. <laughs> Not only from a diversity, equity, and inclusion standpoint, but also you know, there may be, you know, like if you have a laundry list of, hey, I have 15 things that I need somebody to do this job with, then your candidate pool is going to be a lot smaller. And if you're especially an HR uh, department of one, it's going to be a lot more work on your behalf to be able to find that unicorn, right? So really being able to challenge your managers to say, really, what is a must have in this job? And what's a nice to have? Um, And, you know, and the nice-to-haves are the stuff that you can train on the job, so being able to challenge your managers with that. I think also then taking time to really work with your leaders to create company values and competencies for the roles that you have, right? So company values are going to be, you know, like what are those you know four to five things that is really true to your company in terms of your, what you hold dear, what you value and how you want to operate, because that is actually going to be one of the big reason why people choose you. And I, I will say, don't just pick off words off the off the off the street, like, oh, integrity and respect and customer service. I mean, everybody has those, right? You have to really be able to work with your employee base and your leadership to say, what's really true for us? And some of that might be aspirational, maybe not be where you're at now, but where you want to be and how you're going to grow there. So taking the time to really be able to flesh out your values, that will actually then bleed into your employee value proposition, but also it can also help you in terms of being able to really drive your culture and drive recognition. Um, in addition to that, you know, I mentioned competencies. So core competency, you know, competencies, whether you're doing core competencies, functional competencies, leadership competencies, or a combination of all of them. I would say try to keep it simple. And if you can keep, you know, if you want to create core competencies, keep them maybe four to five and identify, you know, what are the key skills and behaviors that you need individual contributors to Uh, uh, possess, you know, leaders to possess, and then really to be able to work with um, leaders and employees to understand how those competencies applies to their role and how they can use that to really guide their day-to-day performance, as well as guide their growth and development for whatever what's next. Um, I think you asked me for, was it like three to five? So definitely values, competencies, I would also say definitely doing um, engagement surveys, right? I mean, a lot. What's become a little bit passe is um, being a, you know, doing a once a year engagement survey. Um, I would recommend if you can do a more lighter weight survey, maybe twice a year, or if you want to do a big survey once, just as a as a baseline, and then maybe a pulse survey every six months. But um, really being able to get a sense of where people are at with the organization, um, being able, once you get the results from that, and there's plenty of companies out there that do engagement surveys, um, being able to take that information to understand, you know, where, where are different cuts of employees at? You know, where, where are your individual contributors? What are, how are they feeling about the organization? How are your managers feeling about the organization? And being able to hone in on where are your problem areas? Because if you start to see attrition in a particular group, Chances are their engagement scores are low, too. (laughs) So um, being able that that can help you, especially if you're a small HR department, engagement scores can really help you focus on where where is the bleeding happening, right? And also potentially, not only like obviously where the bleeding happens, we can focus some efforts on being able to turn some things around there, but also it might be able to even give you an idea of where could the bleeding start to happen? That being kind of your second priority in terms of how could we, you know, what could be doing from a, um, you know, if people are saying, hey, I want clarity of expectation, or hey, I want to know how my job connects to the greater whole, or hey, I need more training and development. um, It can really help you hone in on what it is that could really make the bigger difference in terms of being able to change the employee experience.
0: I love those steps. All really great. Um, You know, as I kind of was trying to inventory all the things we've talked about, you know, it really starts with like identifying organizational goals and priorities. Absolutely. From job descriptions to, um, you know, whole org business units, even HR, even what are your HR priorities and goals um, and then building, you know, programs and and different things around attracting and developing and retaining talent mm-hmm. that help to address those gaps.
1: One other thing I, I, I realizing is because I, as I think even some of the stuff, Sherry, that you and I are going to be working on, you know, another thing is around leadership development, right? Um, because no matter how great a job you are, like let's say you do all the the great work, to, you know, you have an employee value proposition, you have values, you're able to, you know, you're realistic in your job descriptions, you have great recruiters that can tell the story, you get the right talent, um, you know, people understand what's expected of them, utilizing competencies and job descriptions. If you don't have the right leadership in place to be able to ensure that they are helping people understand, uh, giving people goals to work for, toward, um, you know, what is what is ultimately the North Star that the team is working toward? What people's roles in that goal in that goal is. And then them, the employees having the support, the, the guidance, the coaching, the support they need from the manager in order to you know, achieve their, their goals as well as to grow professionally. If you don't have managers who are good at doing that or at worst are toxic, then any efforts that you have around attracting talent or on developing talent are gonna be for naught if the leaders are not doing their job. So, I mean, that would be definitely an area, too, that you always just want to make sure that, you know, our leaders good at giving feedback, clarifying expectations, being able to, you know, help people be inspired and motivated, and, and also re- care about employees, too, right? I mean, that's that was a big thing with COVID, is that I think managers who, who probably maybe steered away from trying to get into people's personal life— it, your their personal life became front and center because you're seeing their house now you're seeing the kids coming in the in the frame on the zoom call so you know, managers had to get a little bit more personal and and we i hope that that doesn't go away because of now people are coming back in the office right that we are able to continue to have a personal connection with our with our people and being able to build that relationship so that people do feel that they're a person and not just a worker
0: be, you know? Absolutely. The only thing I would add, you know, as we wrap up the discussion is, you know, make sure that you're adding in measurements and results and you're communicating the success because so many times we forget to wrap that into the programs that we work on. Um, and I think it's really valuable, even if you do those short agile cycles, you know, where you're getting the feedback, you're implementing and you're quickly iterating, I think it's really important, especially around, you know, talent management and the stuff that we have to think about in that space. So Rebecca, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with me today. This is a relevant topic. In fact, Rebecca and I are going to be doing a webinar on the 14th of July at 12 p.m. Central. It's a Wednesday. I will post the registration link in the show notes if any of you want to jump on and learn a little bit more about this topic. Awesome. Thanks, Sherry. This podcast is brought to you by Palocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.